How long have you neglected to pray for lost souls? How long have you neglected to pray for laborers? And for the countries of the world, they're desperately needing to be reached with the gospel and people that are wanting to know of Christ. Hello, Grace Baptist Church and Pastor White. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to me here in Malawi, Africa. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much for already supporting this ministry that has been started by Brother John Fulford. Uh, truly, God has blessed here uh, and is still blessing here uh, because churches like yours have given faithfully uh, so that others here can be reached with the gospel so that these folks can be discipled, so pastors can be trained, and so churches can be started. And so we just want to thank you so much for what you've already done. Uh, but I also want to thank you for now considering uh, supporting this ministry now that it's going to be underneath our leadership as the Lord has directed our family to come here uh, to the southern part of Malawi. And our purpose is none different than Brother John's. We are here for the purpose of winning others to Christ, discipling them and training them, and then helping train national pastors and working with them to start churches in the unreached areas. Uh, truly, as I've already been here over a month, um, I've seen what I was already well aware of, that the need here is tremendous, and the opportunity here is great. There are many that uh, have never heard the gospel, uh, many regions that have not yet been reached, and we are excited to be given this opportunity by the Lord uh, to be able to be here and uh, to be able to reach these people with, with the gospel, to start churches where there's the need for them, and also to train national pastors and help them have good, solid foundation and understanding of what the Bible teaches. Now let me share with you just briefly uh, a little bit of my testimony uh, before I get busy preaching to you from the Word of God today. Um, I want to share with you how God directed us specifically here to Malawi and to this ministry. Uh, I can say at a young age, called to preach when I was a, uh, so I got saved when I was five, called to preach when I was a teenager, 19 years old, served in the youth ministry for a little while before God directed us to Ukraine. Uh, we served there as church planting missionaries for about seven years before the war started, and uh, then God used that to redirect us back to the States, and I pastored for about seven years um, until our missions conference in 2021. And when that, when that missions conference happened, God was working in our heart, already preparing us that he was wanting something more from us. And we've always had a surrendered spirit and heart. And so um, as we went through that missions conference, we were just praying, Lord, if it's your will, if you want us to go to Africa, uh, we're willing and surrendered to go. Uh, the speaker that we had presented the field of Africa through slides on the first night. And I just went forward and said, God, I'm surrendered. If you'll make it clear, I'll do this. And uh, then he preached the next night, he preached his 11th hour, and God's still looking for laborers. And God used that message to confirm in my heart that he was wanting us to come to Africa. But at that time, I didn't know exactly where we were going to end up, and I just started praying with an open Bible and an open map. Every day as I prayed, it didn't matter where, I was looking at the scriptures, God was saying, go to Africa, Eric, I want you in Africa. And uh, then as I started praying over an open map, you know, every time I pray over this map, I just couldn't get away from this little landlocked country called Malawi. God put it in my heart. And so, after praying over it for some time, I just like to share with people that I feel like it was kind of like with Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 2, it says that God put in his heart to go back to Jerusalem and build that wall. And so God put in our heart to come to this place. We really couldn't 
explain it all. And I, at, the, at that time, when God was doing this work in our hearts, it didn't really make sense. I was pastoring a good, I was a full-time pastor of a good church in South Central Virginia, and they loved us. We loved them. We didn't have any issues in the church. We were just enjoying being a church family together, serving the Lord together. And I thought I was going to raise my children in that church. Uh, but God started dealing with us, and I've always had the surrendered spirit to say, Lord, whatever you want, we'll be willing and obedient. And so as he made this clear, we said, okay, Lord, we'll, we'll go ahead and step out. And so we uh, surrendered and, and uh, submitted to the Lord's leadership in our life and said, okay, Lord, we'll, we'll uh, give our resignation at the church. Our last Sunday was the final Sunday of May of 2021, and we just stepped out by faith. I'd not even been to Malawi at that stage. I just knew God wanted us to go. And um, we were going to take a survey trip. We couldn't. It got canceled because of COVID. And then a few months into deputation, we were still praying about where we were going to land here in Malawi. We didn't know exactly where we were going to end up. Um, as I started praying about that, uh, my field director called me and said, Hey, Eric, there's this, this man, John Fulford, uh, that had started this work in Malawi. He'd been over there about 10 years, and he's been out four or five years now traveling back and forth to continue the work with the Nationals. And he told me that he wants to talk with you. And so I called Brother John, and we fellowshiped and talked some, and... I don't think anything was confirmed that first time that we talked, but um, I, I remember one of the next conversations we had, and he said, listen, Brother Curtis, he said, we've been praying for four years for God to raise up an American missionary to come take the oversight of this work. And uh, he said, I've got a house here already for an American missionary family. There's a 500-seat auditorium, which we're meeting with you with in right now. Um, there's a college dormitory as well where we can train national pastors. And this is all what God has put in my heart already to do. And he says, Brother Curtis, I'm ready with the keys to turn it over to you if you'll come and take it. And I had to just stand back and say, only God. Because before I knew anything about this ministry at all here in Southern Malawi, God had put in my heart to do a work exactly like what Brother John was doing here. And so God said, okay, Eric, here you go. The opportunity is yours. And so we're so thankful that God has worked this out, and now we are here uh, doing this ministry with great, great opportunities. Uh, already seeing many souls that have come to Christ just through the, the, the month, month and a half that we've been here. God's doing great things, and we're expecting God to continue to do great things as we faithfully go out soul winning and try to disciple the people and train pastors. Uh, thank you for um, financially giving and helping this ministry. And we uh, thank you as well for considering uh, continuing to support this ministry now under our leadership. Well, now I'll share a little bit about how God's directed us here. Let's go ahead and open up the Word of God. And I want to turn to Luke chapter two, 10 and verse number 2. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, today about the heartbeat of God. And so let's go ahead and read this verse. Just consider some basic things from this text. It says here in verse 2 of chapter 10 of Luke, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So as we consider this verse uh, today, I want to challenge you, church, uh, during this virtual meeting, uh, to examine yourself. I, wanna, I wanna ask, want you to ask yourself, is my heart in tune with the heart of God? Now, just maybe some of us have got to the place where we've allowed our hearts to be out of tune with God's heart. And I hope that the Holy Spirit will reveal that to us as we look at the Scripture today. Uh, maybe we've allowed the focus and priority of our lives to be something other 
the focus and priority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now you might say, well, preacher, I don't know what God's focus and priority is. I don't know what God's heartbeat is. But we all know John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 9, it says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And here we read in our text that his one prayer request is that laborers would be sent forth into the harvest field so that souls would be saved. Uh, you see, God's focus, God's priority, God's heartbeat, the very passion of our loving Lord is to bring lost souls to repentance and faith uh, in Christ so that they might gloriously be saved. Uh, Henry Martin, one of the great missionaries of the past, he said, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer that we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. You know why this is? It's because God's heart is missions. Amen. Uh, truly, there's no way for us to avoid the fact uh, that the very heartbeat of our loving God is in reaching the world for Christ. Uh, it's all about reaching lost souls. Whether it's around the corner from your house or around the world from where you're living, God's heartbeat is not about building projects, not about special programs or special gatherings or other such things. And those aren't bad, but it's not God's heart. But the heartbeat of God is all about reaching a lost world with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if, if we as a church or even as individual Christians, if we forget this or neglect this, then the reality is that we're literally cutting the heart of God out of our churches and out of our Christianity. And you know what, friends? Anything that is without a heart becomes cold and dead. I don't know about you, I don't want a dead church, and I don't want a dead Christianity. But if the heartbeat of God is neglected or forgotten in my life or ministry, then you can be sure that that life or ministry will become lifeless and dead. I liked what a man in my church said when I was pastoring in Virginia. We had gone out door knocking, and it had been a few weeks since he was able to go out because he had had some sickness he was battling with. And he told me, he's a preacher, he said, Boy, I just love getting out and knocking doors because I just feel so close to God because that's where God's heart is. And you could tell he liked it. He just really missed being out there during those weeks that he was sick. Now it makes me wonder, friend, if that's where God's heart is, how long has it been since you've been separated from the heart of God? How long have you neglected to go forth and tell, your, tell others about your precious Jesus? When was the last time that you personally witnessed to somebody? How long have you neglected to really get involved in being a part of reaching the world for Christ uh, through your local church and their missions program? Or maybe you've just kind of half-heartedly done it to say that you've done it. How long have you neglected to pray for lost souls? How long have you neglected to pray for laborers and for the countries of the world that are desperately needing to be reached with the gospel and people that are wanting to know of Christ? Listen, folks, I'm... I'm sure some of you have already made up your mind when it, when it comes to missions, when it comes to reaching the lost for Christ, that you've done enough, that you've gone far enough, that you've given enough, and, and you've prayed enough, and you really don't need to do anything further. But let me ask you this. How, how would you feel if that was God's attitude to you? If before you got saved, if you said, you know what, we've gone far enough. We've preached long enough. We've prayed long enough. We've extended our resources long enough. I'm done. 
How horrible would that feel in eternity? To know that you were so close to getting saved, but God said, you know what? I've done enough. You miss out, you end up in hell. Now we know that God doesn't do that, but boy, what a thought. Let me tell you folks, you can't put a price on the souls of men. We can never do enough to reach more souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Souls are so precious to him that he shed his blood and he gave his life to pay the ultimate price that, that all might have the chance to be able to be saved, amen? So how can I ever look at the, the dear dying Lamb of God and say, I've done enough and I've gone far enough? Absolutely not. The reality is that I've not done enough and I could never in my lifetime ever do enough when it comes to reaching a lost world for the cause of Christ. And when I determine that I have, I am literally cutting the heartbeat of God out of my Christianity. Listen, folks, this is God's heart. And this was the Lord's only prayer. Because you know you pray for the things on your heart, right? Well, this is the Lord's only prayer request. It's showing His heart. That laborers would go forth and be sent and that souls would gloriously and wonderfully be saved. So I hope that you will be sincerely praying this prayer with the Lord because I know that unless we're being hypocritical, we can't pray this prayer and stay uninvolved, right? So let us look for just a few moments today at the heartbeat of God and this one prayer request that he gave us. And may we be challenged to pray more and to be more involved in reaching a lost world for Christ and not less. Not be willing to just be content on the sidelines. Uh, as somebody that's a spectator, uh, rather than getting involved in what God wants us to be involved in. Let's read our verse here one more time, and then we'll get started. Notice in verse number, uh, verse number 2 of Luke 10, it says, Therefore he said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So the first thing that I see here is the great need. Uh, the Bible says the harvest truly is great. Uh, truly, folks, there is a, a need that is tremendous out there today. The population of the world is booming. It's around 8 billion people. And Malawi is right at the center of it. If you look it up, Malawi is, I think, the fourth fastest growing country in the world right now. And the vast majority of those fast growing countries are all in Africa. And so the vast majority of these people, listen, they're, they're lost and they're on their way to hell. Um, you can only even look at your own community. And we can see that that's, that's the truth. Uh, that the need is tremendous. The need is great. There's much religion, but there are few who are genuinely born again. They need to hear the message of the cross. They need someone to go to them and someone to tell them of Christ. Whether it's around the corner from your house or around the world in some faraway unreached area. People are lost and on their way to hell. The harvest truly is great, my friend. Don't tell yourself there's nothing more that I can do. Surely with such a great need, there is still something more that you can do to be involved in God's heartbeat of reaching this world for, for the Lord. Notice also in this text... There's a great need, but there's also a great problem. It says the harvest truly is great, but what? But the laborers are few. 
I think you could ask every preacher and every missionary, and probably all of them would tell you that the greatest problem uh, that they often have, or one of the greatest problems, is that they just don't have enough workers. They don't have enough people that are willing to be involved in the Lord's work, in the Lord's harvest. It's as though people get the idea that only the pastor should be involved in reaching souls for Christ or the missionary. But listen, folks, God wants you, if you're saved, God wants you to personally be involved because that's his heart and his heart ought to be your heart. He's calling laborers, right? Not bench warmers. He needs and wants you to be involved. You are the answer to the Lord's prayer request. Maybe you ought to write that in your Bible tonight, right next to this verse. I am the answer to the Lord's prayer request. So may God help us to pray and to give and to go. But whatever you do, determine I am not going to be a bench warmer. I'm going to get in the game and be involved uh, in reaching this world for, for the Lord. Because this is what the Lord loves. He loves, uh, uh, he loves missions. He loves seeing souls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and being gloriously born again. Will you be a part of that? Or will you sit on the sidelines? The choice is yours. But we see here the great need. We see also the great problem. I notice number three here in this text. I see that the Lord's great solution. He says, uh, the laborers, uh, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye. Those are the next words in the Lord's mouth. So God's solution to this great need and this great problem is that we would pray as God's people. Amen. Now, can I really pray for my lost loved ones and not witness to them? Can I pray for my neighbor's salvation and not tell them about Christ? Can I pray for the nations of the world and be unwilling to send forth messengers with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sure, we can do this hypocritically. We can hypocritically pray for these things, but if we are sincere in praying for these souls, then we will naturally desire to be involved in reaching them with the gospel. And if you're praying for God to reach one more soul in your community or one more soul through you, then you know what? Naturally, you'll be looking for that soul. I know for us, that was one thing we did in our church for Virginia. in Virginia for a while. We were just praying for God to give us one more soul. You know what? When you're praying that way, you're going to be looking for that one more soul. May God help us to be soul conscious, to be looking to be involved. You know, if you're praying for missionaries to be raised up, laborers to go to China and Africa and Asia and Europe, don't be surprised if God says, hey, I want you to get involved. So pray for souls. Pray about reaching the world for Christ. Pray about reaching your community for Christ. And then don't be a hypocrite. Be willing to be involved rather than just sitting on the sidelines. So the great solution involves prayer. But I notice also as I examine this verse that there's a great answer. He's our Lord in heaven. The Bible says, pray ye who? The Lord of the harvest. Our prayers are to the Lord of the harvest. He's the one that is on the throne. He's the one who's in control of all things. And he knows what's best. And it is the Lord that knows best where the laborers are needed and at what time. You know what our situation here perfectly uh, exemplifies that. God knew that we were going to be needed to stand in the gap here in Malawi so that this work for Christ could continue on in this area. And so he said, Eric, take your family and go to Malawi. That's where I want you to serve. I wonder how many of you today at the Lord's prompting would say, okay, Lord, you want me to go? I'm, I'm going to go wherever you want, whatever you want. 
I'll forsake family and friends. I'll leave everything I have behind. Whatever you want, God. Oh, may God help us to count the cost because he's worthy. And we want his heart to be our heart. Um, you know, friend, it's as a Lord, uh, it is a Lord that directs a missionary like myself or a preacher to a certain country or community. And it is a Lord that directs the soul winners and that lost soul. May we never forget that he is the Lord. He's over the harvest. And he's the one that we're looking to, to see great and mighty things as we go forth with his wonderful good news. Uh, may God help us to realize that. I know even here, we've just already seen that God has directed us in wonderful ways. We uh, had the privilege to witness to a young uh, group of young men not too long ago, and one of them's name was McDonald. That was his last name. And after I got finished, and each of them uh, said, yes, we want to call on Christ to save us. And each of them called on Christ to save, uh, to save them. And, and then one of the young men looked at me and knew enough English. And he spoke to me and he said, he said, missionary, he said, thank you for coming. Because you came, we now know about God. Wow. What a thought, right? We went to the, we went to the Pokhara, which is a village where we're uh, planning on starting the first church. Uh, or the first church plant that we'll be involved with now with this ministry since we've been here. And we've been evangelizing there regularly on Saturdays. And uh, we had the chance to go talk to the priest, uh, the, the priest uh, to the uh, chief there on uh, Sunday afternoon after our services here were done. And uh, we witnessed to him. And uh, when we asked him if he would like to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior, he said, uh, very much. And uh, he called on the Lord to be his Savior. And we said, well, can we, can we start a church here? He said, yes, yes, you can do that. He said, I've got these two big trees on the back of my property. You're welcome to start gathering people under those two trees. And I asked him, I said, I said, Chief, have you ever heard of Jesus before? He said, you know, I've been hearing things about Jesus since 1950. What a thought. He'd been hearing some things about Jesus since 1950, but he never had someone preach the gospel unto him so that he could trust it and receive Christ. What a thought. Truly, the Lord of the harvest knows how to put people in the right place at the right time so the gospel can get to, get to those people who are wanting and seeking to know of Jesus. So we see here there's a great answer. I notice also that there's, so there's a great need, there's a great problem, there's a great solution, there's a great answer. Uh, also, I see here there's a great action. Uh, the Bible says that he would send forth, right? Now, the, now, in the Great Commission, he tells us to go forth preaching the gospel. And here in this verse, he tells us to pray that the Lord would send forth more laborers. Uh, this is what we are praying for, right? This is what we're looking for the Lord to do. Uh, that workers would be raised up, both national workers and missionaries back home. And that the Lord could send them forth to reach lost souls for Christ in the unreached areas. Uh, whether it be around the corner or around the world. What about you, friend? Are you praying for this? Are you looking for God to do this? Or are you willing to, uh, maybe I should ask you, are you willing to let the Lord use you? Or do you pray, Lord, send Bill, send Bob, send Daryl, send the preacher, but don't send me, right? You know, it may be if you pray for the Lord to send forth laborers, he might send you. Happened to us. You know what? He might send your children. He might want your grandchildren. Are you willing? 
Is it really your prayer that the Lord would send forth laborers? Or listen now, are you willing only if it doesn't involve you? Are you praying and willing, but only with exceptions? That's the way a lot of us pray. Lord, please save those in the world. Send forth laborers, God, but don't choose anybody from my family. Oh, let us not pray with exceptions. Just, Lord, please send forth laborers, even use me and my family. Oh, may God help us to have that spirit. That's a spirit that's in line with the heartbeat of God. Notice as we consider the heartbeat of God today, this is a great need. There's a great problem. The need that's so great, 8 billion people and growing. The problem, the laborers are few. The great solution, the Lord says, pray ye, and don't be a hypocrite about it. The great answer is our, the Lord of the harvest who knows how to put the laborers in the right place. The great action is that we're looking for him to send forth those laborers where the gospel is needing to be heard. And lastly, I notice here that there's a great answer. The Bible says, the Lord, um, he said to them, the, labor, the harvest truly is great, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. This is the answer, laborers into his harvest. Ultimately, laborers are the answer, right, to our prayer request here, to the Lord's prayer request. The reality, as I mentioned earlier, write it in your Bible, please, is that you are the answer to the Lord's prayer request. He doesn't need anybody special, just someone who is willing to work in his fields. I mean, even the, the term laborer conveys this, that he just needs someone to work in his fields. What about you? Will you be part of the problem? The laborers are few. We're part, uh, part of the answer, laborers into his harvest. The choice is yours. Maybe more than anything we need today to, the biggest question we must each ask ourselves is am I determined to be more involved in reaching the world for Christ so that I can be part of the answer or am I going to choose to stay less involved in reaching the world for Christ so that I instead am choosing to be part of the problem? The choice is yours, friend. Will you cut the heart of God out of your Christianity? Or will you choose to say, you know what? I want to be involved in the Lord's program. I want to be in tune with the heartbeat of God. I want to be part of the answer to his prayer request of seeing a lost world reach for Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, folks, all opportunities are great. I truly believe it is 11th hour and God is still looking for laborers. The time is nigh for Jesus to come again. And we may just be looking for that last soul. I'm so glad that I get to be a part of that. I hope that's your desire as well. Um, as we close with a word of prayer, I want to thank you, Grace Baptist Church, for your support for this ministry. I want to thank you for considering our family now as we are leading this ministry here in Malawi. Thank you already for praying for us. And, um, and we do ask that you would prayerfully consider uh, working together or continuing to work together with us. Thank you so much uh, for listening, uh, and we'll look forward to talking to you through video call. God bless. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.